I'm Kyle Mylan, and after 20 years in manufacturing, nobody knows more than me about industrial marketing and technical sales. Nothing was blocking me. I was the problem, the only one stopping me. I didn't like it, I had to refocus. Now I'm devoted, I know where I'm going. Controlling emotions, I'm owning the moment. In order to get it, see, you gotta want it. This type of film make a living break. Today's episode, we're gonna talk about how to build trust, which is the most important aspect before you can close a deal. Let's talk about why do you need to build trust? It does not matter any sort of sale, whether you're buying stuff personally, whether you're buying stuff uh, for your business, business services, it does not matter. You have to have trust that that person or a company that you're going to purchase something from is going to actually deliver what it is that you're trying to solve. So you have a problem or you, or you want something, you want somebody to solve a problem for you, you go out to the market, you do your research, you, you figure out who you're going to talk to, you talk to those people, They've convinced you and built trust enough to make you purchase it. It doesn't matter. It could be a car. When's the last time you purchased a car that you didn't do research on and say, I trust that this vehicle is the right choice for me. It's going to do what I want it to do. It's no different. So whenever you technical salespeople are thinking about like looking at your sales process, looking at your conversations, you have to understand that if there is no trust built, then you will never close that deal. You may think, dude, I build trust all the time. I say the right things. I convince them, but I'm not closing deals. It's because you did not provide enough of a value proposition or build trust with that person, which is you cannot do anything without it. So that's why you have to, because if you don't have trust, you're never going to close any sort of deal. So let's talk about how do you do it. The first step is you have to believe in the product or the service that you're selling. So what I mean by that is if you work for a company and you don't believe that the, the services that that company can provide or the product that it is that they're selling does what you say and what they say it's going to do and actually solves problems, or if it's a service, whether it's a, I don't care if it's a cleaning service, manufacturing service, if you don't believe in the product or service, you may think like, it doesn't matter. I would never use these guys. I would never buy this thing, but I can sell and I'm going to convince people that I that they should do it. It will come across subconsciously. If people can read through the lines, your energy is not going to be there. Even if you cannot fake it. It's like people can read people and understand like this person has passion. This person really believes in what it is that they're selling. That comes through in the sales process. You may not think it does, but it does. And people are always going to go with somebody that is passionate and really believes in what it is that they're selling nine times over 10 over somebody that's just like a slick salesperson. So that's the first step. First, you have to believe in the product because you can't really can you know establish that trust with somebody unless you really believe in the product or the service that you're selling. And the only way to do that is work for a company that like, I'm not saying every company is perfect. You don't have to say, we're the perfect solution to everything. We have the best customer service, the best. We dominate everything. It doesn't have to be like that. But just in the service or product you're selling, do you believe that it's a good product or service? Because I've worked at companies before where eventually once I get into it and I'm working for them for a little bit, I'm like, man, this really doesn't solve. Like, it's just a bunch of BS that we're saying. It doesn't really fix the problem. It doesn't really, like, there's so many issues once they add us as a supplier or purchase the product that we're selling. It doesn't really solve it. And then it's like, once you lose that passion, there's no getting that back. And then that's when I was just like, I'm done with this because I don't believe what it is that I'm selling. The next step is going to be you're looking to have a conversation. And you guys, you veterans out there may be like, no, dude, I already do this. I have conversations. I, I sell. I know what you're going to say, Kyle. You have, to, you have to sell the value instead of just selling the specs. 
But so many times people do this. We have calls every single week with sales teams at MFG Tribe. And it's like, this is the issue that we're facing. And even through TSU, this is the issue that we're facing. And I'm like, all right, pitch me your product or service. And they pitch it to me. And I'm just like, dude, you didn't even ask me any questions. Everything has to be founded on a conversation. I don't care what point of the pitch you're at. An initial cold call, a warm call, a follow-up, a presentation, it's just a conversation. You're not looking to sell them. I'm not looking to convince them in the first conversation that we're having that you should pick us. I'm just looking to first understand what is it that it, that's your problem? Like, What problem are you having that you came to me or I'm coming to you to try and sell you on something? What's your biggest issue that you're having on a daily basis? And you just have to frame the the question into it from the standpoint of if you're selling plastic services, what issues are you having with your current whatever the service is? If you're doing machining, are there any supply chain issues with your current machining partners? Whatever it is, just ask them those questions to get them to open up. Or what are three things that you run into on a weekly basis that you wish you could wave a magic wand and solve? And then just sit back and listen to their response. Now, from that response, you don't then immediately go into your pitch. You have to first agree with them and understand, like, yes, I totally understand why that would be so frustrating. And I've talked to a lot of people lately, and they've been having the same issue. What we've done at my company, you know, that's different is X, Y, Z. And that's when you go into the value proposition. But then that doesn't mean they've opened the door for you to just you know, show up and throw up and rattle off all of the information that you have. It's just hit that singular point because you're trying to have a conversation. Nobody likes being sold to, right? Nobody's like, yes, I want to talk to a salesman so you can sell to me. I don't care if you go into an appliance store or if you call a pest control service or if you're looking for a supplier for your manufacturing or industrial company or you're call, looking for, for a SaaS company to solve your problem. You're not like, I want to talk to sales and look, I just want you to sell to me. No. That's not how people want. They want to present their problems and then understand, can you solve their problems? So when they say that problem, you specifically go after and you address how can you solve their problem? And you have to be honest. If you can't solve their problem, tell them, look, that issue, we really can't, we don't really focus on that. But something that we do focus on that's that's similar to that or something that's typically paired to that issue is this other issue. And then you go into how you can solve that problem. You can't sell everybody and you can't close everybody. And if they don't have a problem to solve, then you can't solve it and you can't sell anything. But it's all about having an initial conversation and talking to them and just being like, what are your problems? What can I do for you today or in the next 30 days or 60 days to help you solve these problems and these issues that you're having? That's really the second step in the how. The third step is going to be going above the expectations. And it's not the the cheesy thing where it's like, put the target low and then go high. Like you set the expectations of like, if somebody says, I'm looking for a supplier or a vendor and I need to get this quote back, I'm going to send you an RFQ and I need to get this pricing back by the end of the day, Friday, I've sent it out to all my suppliers. I've sent it out to all the companies I'm looking to solve my problem. You need to look at it from a standpoint, like if everybody else's deadline is Friday, and you're on Monday, your deadline's Wednesday then. You need to go above the expectations. If they say, I want you to answer these questions, these are the main issues that I have. These are the main things I want you to focus on in your proposal. Do all of that, and on top of it, provide more information. Go above their expectations, because that will make you stand out. Now, it won't always make you win, but it will make you stand out. And if they pick a different supplier, when they run into issues, guess what? They're going to be like, you know what? 
we should call that guy Joe or that girl Susie. And they really did a good job. With, they were runner-up number two, but they did such a good job. They provided us with such good information. We should hit them up and see. Like We, we didn't pick them the first round, but it's been three months. It's been 12 months. They're going to remember that you went above the expectations. You were the fastest person to respond to an email. You responded to an email in four minutes of receiving it. They email you late in the day and say, I need a response at 5 o'clock your time, and that's in 45 minutes, and you respond to that email within the time frame that they set. Even if their expectations are unrealistic, you try and meet them if it's a deal that you really want to close and it's worth it to the business. That's where, specifically speaking, we had an opportunity at MFG Tribe with a very large company. They're like an eight to $10 billion a year company. And we were one of like eight agencies that they were talking to, and then we were one of four, and then when we were one of three, and they asked for a proposal, and they were very specific on what they wanted us to do. And we responded to that proposal. And we went above the expectations because we practice what we preach here. If I say that you should do this in your business, we do this already in our business on a daily basis. We went above those expectations. We got down to the last three. It was a significant opportunity for us. They came at us on a Thursday and said, you have one and a half hours to respond to this. It's a time-sensitive thing provide me additional information in these core areas. We responded first to that. We got all the way to the end and we found out that just this past week, uh, at the end of last week, we found out we were not chosen as a supplier. We were number two. I always say like, who cares if you lose a deal? If you don't get a deal, who cares? Like that was a big hit to us. Like I, I was super frustrated with us not getting it because I felt like we had the best chance. And once I learned all the information behind why we didn't get chosen, it was strictly because the competition was in a very specific situation where it made sense to try them out first. Now, do I take that as an L and a loss? No, I don't. Because to me, that's not no. That's just not right now. And talking with the person that was a key influencer in the decision, not the decision maker, talking to the person that was a key influencer, it's like they had their apprehension and we'll see how it works out. But if it doesn't work out with the solution that we had, then we will certainly hit you guys up in a few months and just bring you on board because we know that you could do it. They're just a little bit better value proposition than you guys. So I'll take that on the chin. If we didn't go above and beyond, if we didn't go above the expectations, if we didn't provide more value than, the, than what they were asking for, and we didn't really show them that we were the perfect partner for them, if we didn't do that and we lost, I would have been kicking myself in the butt. I would have said, we could have done this differently. We could have done that differently. Just leave it all on the line. Just go as hard as you can to try and convince that person that you're the solution. If at the end of the day, no matter what you did, you just couldn't get around them picking somebody else, that's okay. But don't forget that you've stuck in that person's mind. You've stuck in that company's mind and that when they have a problem, they might call you. Now, that doesn't mean wait for them to call you. You need to continue to poke them every couple of months. Hey, just checking in, seeing how it's going, really anxious for the opportunity to possibly work with you in the future or in a different fashion. If there's anything you need for these other things that we can work on together, just starting the relationship off, that's the way you do it if it's important to you. Now, a lot of salespeople are like, nope, I didn't get that deal moving on. That's fine. I've been in those situations too before. It wasn't really like a great deal, but you're like, eh, it's, it's, it's okay. If we don't get it, that's okay. We've got other opportunities that I'm really excited about. If you're really excited about the opportunity, then you need to follow up because no doesn't mean no. No just means not right now. It could be a year from now. There's been deals, current customers of ours, 
we were, I was trying to get one of our current customers for like four years and it didn't happen. And finally, four years later, they're like, hey, we now have another need. We want to partner with you guys on this. Let's do it. And we closed them within, I don't know, like two weeks or something like that. No doesn't mean no. No means just not right now. And that brings into the fourth point, which is going to be frequent communication. Now, in this specific situation that just happened to us a week ago, the initial conversation was had. And the person was like, hey, if you have any questions, let me know. I'm, I'm glad to have a conversation, jump on a call with you. Now, did I have any questions? Not really. Going with the topic of this, building trust, a 30, 45-minute call, I feel like if somebody talks to me for 30 or 45 minutes, I can start to build some pretty good trust because I really believe passionately about the service that we provide. If they didn't, I said, you know what? I don't really have any questions, but I need FaceTime. I need that frequent communication. So let's jump on a call. We scheduled a 30-minute call. It ended up being over an hour. It was like an hour and 15 minutes. And it's because of that that we kept on building and putting those building blocks of trust and establishing trust and side conversations and new things get brought up. And hey, let me pick your brain, Kyle, about this. This isn't even related to what we're talking about, but let me pick your brain. Ideally, you can talk to that person every single day if you could right? If they were like, hey, I want to check in with you every single day and just have a conversation because you're building that trust with them. I had to do that. Even though we didn't get the deal, I still went down that path to try and have frequent communication because it's all about building trust. And even in the end, we didn't get it. I left everything out on the field. And that's what you guys have to do is you have to, if you're really passionately about closing a deal, especially when they're bigger deals, have as much communication as possible. Show them that when they deal with you, and they email you, you're back to them within like three minutes, 60 seconds, 10 minutes, whatever it is, not four hours. Just think about the competition. What are they doing? They're probably like, oh yeah, they asked some questions. I'm going to get back to them after I talk to these six people. And as long as they get back to them within 24 hours, it's fine. No, be faster. And it's like the R, like RFQ process with industrial manufacturing companies. So many times people are like, oh yeah, a month or three weeks or two weeks, get it back to them in two days. And you may be like, I got to wait for vendors and suppliers and information. I have to wait for people to sign off. Fix your process, make it as efficient as possible to keep that communication ball rolling, to keep building that trust because that is what it's all about. Everything you do in sales from communication, providing information, pitching them, value proposition, all that stuff is only there to establish trust. And oftentimes people forget that. They think it's just, that's the roadmap. Those are the steps. But if you're not going into it saying, I know I have to build trust. I know I have to frequently communicate with this this person to continue to build trust. Or maybe you don't because you're a bad communicator. And if they email you, you don't respond for a long time. Then you need to fix the problem, which is your response time to that communication. And so you always have to look at it from that standpoint. As frequent as communication as possible to get the deal done, and then the rest of your team, operations, whatever, supply chain, internal account management takes over. But they bet, like you set that bar high, and the good sales people will set that bar high, and the account management side, and the project management side, and engineers and stuff like that, they have to follow suit. They have to be able to be responding quickly. Obviously, they have more on their plate. If customer service, support, all that stuff, they have to be quick. You set the bar as a salesperson, like, dude, we want your business. I'm going to respond to you as fast as possible. Let's jump on a call right now. You have to make sure that your operations side is going to have that same type of vibe and energy to keep that relationship going. So guys, as always, go to YouTube, subscribe, turn on notifications, stay tuned to our live sessions twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and we will see you on the next one. 
Well, that's it for this episode. If you got value out of it, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with one person you know. And if you can, leave me a review because it really helps me out. If you want to check out my other content, go over to YouTube. I've got a channel over there as well as find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook under my name, Kyle Mylan. I will see you on the next one.